Hey everyone, welcome to today's podcast. We're talking about how to get back on track after a cheat meal or a cheat day. Um, either way, we, we need to get good at this because again, the most important skill of weight mastery of living at your goal weight is the ability to get back on track quickly. And for a lot of people, cheat days when they make a mistake usually blows them so far off track that they that, that kind of sabotages them for weeks, months, or sometimes years. So you need to be able to get back on track quickly. So the first step is always a mindset one, in my opinion. And so when you have a day where you kind of overrate or you let yourself have a cheat meal, however you want to call it, um, the first thing I want to recognize is when you get back on track, you're probably going to have a harder time. Okay, so I'm going to be specific here. Uh, yesterday was the Super Bowl. And so I'm eating more foods than I typically eat, right? I'm eating different types of foods and more food than I typically eat. And so now when I'm here on Monday... I'm already anticipating that my cravings are going to be higher than a typical Monday, right? So that's the first step of the cheat meal is that we're setting ourselves up to not get back on track perfectly. <laughs> we want to leave that door open. We don't want to be perfect. And so I sit here in front of you talking about getting back on track on Monday and I ate a bunch of donuts. So it's like I normally wouldn't eat a bunch of donuts on a Monday, um, but it's a combination of factors of eating a bunch of crap yesterday having crap available today and then eating it. But I'm okay because I know that for lunch, I'm going to have a salad. And so that's my point to you is that the first day getting back on track, make it easy for yourself. If you've got this all or nothing mindset, as soon as you go to cheat meal, you feel like you're doing nothing. And then if the only thing that's going to be acceptable to you is going right back to perfection, most of the time you're never going to get back to perfection. So leave the door open to get a little bit more on track and then build on that. There's nothing wrong with that. Get yourself out of the all or nothing mindset. Because what I'll do is, yeah, ate a bunch of donuts earlier. Wish I didn't, but I did. <laughs> and so that's fine though. I don't care about it because my getting back on track is not just about not eating unhealthy stuff. It's primarily about eating the healthy thing. And again, re-getting back to um, my salad for lunch. Okay, and that kind of anchors me into being healthier. And so it's not so much about that I may have eaten some donuts or I made some cookies or some chips or whatever else as well. The main thing I want to do to get back on track is to do the healthy thing. Now, it doesn't just have to be what you eat. It could be, you know, as soon as you have the cheat meal or you kind of get off track with your eating, it can be something kind of like this, this bridge to getting back on track, which could be eating something healthy, having a piece of fruit, vegetable, a salad. It could be drinking some water. It could be going for a walk. It could be going to bed early just to, you know, get yourself re replenished and recover from, uh, from staying up late or eating crappy. So it doesn't have to be just like, oh, I got to get right back to eating absolutely perfect. That's ideal. That's what we want to do. But if it doesn't happen, leave a little bit of space for that. And don't let that be the only way you get back on track is to be perfect. Let yourself also do little things that get you back on track because you'll see tomorrow I'll be back to eat my salads. I'll be back in that mindset and I most likely won't eat any donuts tomorrow, which will be hard to do because I ate them all today. So <laughs> they'll probably be, they're gone and I don't expect to get any more. But this is normal, you know, and sometimes I know how it is. I know how it's been in the past for me. If I ate some donuts today, uh, well, I blew it, right? Now it's Monday, so I blew the whole week. You, you got to get out of that mindset. I didn't blow shit. <laughs> I went and had some donuts and now I'm going to have a salad. I'm going to get right back on track and now I will recover. It may not be the healthiest, cleanest week that I have, but if I'm 80% clean, do you see the difference between 80% clean and 0% clean? It, it's enormous. So again, this is just one more way to really reinforce the idea 
not to be all or nothing, be all or something. And the easiest way to get back on track after a cheat meal, again, is to give yourself some some steps you can make instead of having to just be perfect. That's my big message to you here. And I think if you start looking at it that way, you're going to make it a lot easier for yourself to get back on track and to feel better about yourself. Okay, so I hope this helps you out. I wish you the best with it. Um, if anyone has any questions, feel free to ask them. We'll get into it. Hope everyone's doing good. I don't even know if people watching the Super Bowl. I watched it. It was pretty fun, I thought. Um, what's up, Astrid? Hi, Jim. You're early, so I'm on my bike early. Nice. Astrid hops on her bike as soon as the live start. Am I early? I know, right? Am I early? Technically, I'm not early with the time I always tell myself, which is noon. Um, but I'm getting better at getting on noon. That's 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 uh, that's my thing. So yeah, noon should be the time I get here. That's my goal. Um, but I'm glad you're on your bike. John, eat my apple. It's like an internal cue when I take my first bite that I'm back to clean. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right, John. So, I, I mean, oh, if I, I talk about this all the time because it's just so important. And you're so conditioned as a dieter, just think all or nothing, you know, because you just want the, those fast, quick results. But it's the, it's living in that gray space. You know, again, I, 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 I'm being very specific. It's me eating. And when the donuts I'm talking about, I'm like the little white powdered ones, you know, and my, my kid went and got a whole bag of them. Right. And it's like, forget about it. I don't want to be seeing those. Right. And especially after I ate, I ate half of them yesterday. So I got the sugar coursing for my body. So, you know, one of the benefits I think, I, I think this is so helpful is I know like if I eat a lot of carbs, I eat like a lot of pizza or bread or sugar yesterday, I'm expecting that today I'm going to have those cravings, you know? And so if I'm not perfect on this day, I'm okay with it. Cause my goal is not to be perfect. My goal is just to get me mostly back on track. Okay. And so, um, but getting mostly back on track, you know, now I can build on that. Because if you're just like, you're back on track and then you screw up today and I say, ah, shit, this week's blown. Catch me next Monday. Oh my goodness, you know? Because that just compounds into your whole life, you know? So you got to be able to back on track quick. Eating the apple, again, it doesn't have to be perfection. You just want to have like an on-track cue. That's what I was saying. For me, it'll be a salad today. And it's my breakfast as well. My breakfast is my normal natural breakfast that I have. Um, but it'll be the salad. It'll be the big thing that really puts me back on track. And then again, but it could be anything. It could be meditating. It could go for a walk. It could be eating an apple. It could be drinking water. It could be going to bed, taking a nap. It can be anything you want it to be. You know, um, that's what I feel like is uh, is a much better way to approach it. Right? Um, what's up, Monique? Uh, due to frequent travel for work and pleasure, I am repeatedly in the space of getting back on track. So this is super helpful. Yeah, and that's what it is. Sometimes that's what I mean. Like that's the. Fr I, I, it feels frustrating, although it's not. Everything's framing. You know, and so I'm telling you, one of the biggest things you've been sold in this culture is from the diet industry and they do this all or nothing thinking. Again, the diet industry is not on your side. They don't want you to lose weight. They want you to lose a little bit of weight and then put it all back on so you come back again. And most of the diets that you're referencing and know about are all owned by big food companies. Weight Watchers owned by Heinz. Jenny Craig was owned by Nestle. Uh, the company that owns Atkins Food Products, the same company that owns Cinnabon Pretzel and Atkins, uh, Onions Pretzels and Cinnabon um, the company that owns SlimFast, the same company that owns Ben and Jerry's ice cream. These companies, all they care about is their bottom line. They're not going to put some diet out there that really helps you to eat less of their product. Okay. So what it does is we get this diet mindset, which is so toxic and ineffective, but we, we're so surrounded by it our whole lives that we can't even think any other way. But it, and this is one of the main ways it shows up is this all or nothing thinking. And so, yeah, if you're frequently traveling for work, which is a real legit challenge, it's hard 
when you're traveling and you're always in different environments that you're not in 100% control of like you are when you're at home. It's a real challenge. And so you could have the best intentions in the world. Sometimes you're going to make mistakes. So again, we have to we have to look at our situation within context. And dieters are famous for just like, well, it doesn't matter if I'm traveling all the time, I should still eat perfect. Well, what? You know what I mean? Like, like what world does that make any sense in? We live in a real reality and it's gonna impact us. And so instead of ignoring it and just pretending like we should always be perfect no matter what, we start to look at the situations and create strategies for them. And one of the mindset strategies is to not expect you're gonna be perfect. If you're traveling a lot, you're just not gonna be perfect. It's almost impossible. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I'm saying when you're starting this journey of really figuring out strategies that work for you, what you're doing is you're figuring out strategies that work while you're traveling. And traveling is just an extra added challenge. And so it's gonna affect you. And so it's gonna be difficult to be perfect. So again, it always comes back to this idea um, again, where dieters are all or nothing, and, and the second they make a mistake, they have zero strategies to get back on track. You know, so you've got to have strategies to get yourself back on track quickly, and, and that's kind of what, what we're talking about here. So yeah, the, the, and the better you get at that, the other the irony too is like when you start to have strategies that you can use to get back on track quickly. What happens is you're not so subconsciously anxious about making a mistake either. You know, as a dieter, you're very streaky. Right, so you start your plan on a Monday, and it's like, okay, one day down, two day down, three day down, you know, and it's, it's all this pressure. But what happens is every day that goes by, there's more subconscious pressure of making a mistake and then get totally blown off your path, you see? So we wanna get rid of all that shit. Fuck those streaks, okay? And what we wanna do is realize that you wanna consistently get better. You know, stop grading yourself binarily, good, bad. You know, there's no good, bad day. There's not a, a flip switch of oh, this was good, this was bad. That's not real life. Most life is somewhere in the middle. It's, it's a rating, you know? Instead of a flip that you switch zero, or, you know, off on, it's a dial that goes from zero to 100. You see? So again, even if I eat some donuts this morning, so what? It doesn't mean like, oh, now the day switched bad. No, because now I'm catching it. I caught the, I stopped eating the donuts at nine o'clock. I got the whole day to make it be an okay day. You know, and it'll be better than okay because now I did start with the donuts. And so now eating the salads even more, what it does is it reinforces, holy shit, Jim, look at you. You can screw up the morning and get right back on track. And so it's ego gratifying. It, it reinforces my self-esteem, my self-efficacy. I can do this, you know? So again, super, super huge, huge part of that. Um, even I had an injection in both my knees. Okay, Astrid, so your knee's feeling better. That'll be good. Be easier to ride the, the bike with the, with the knees done. Um, what's up, Lorena? Whose email I still haven't fixed. <laughs> I gotta fix that. I will fix that today. I'm doing a bunch of kind of catch up work today. Uh, John says mine was pizza and chicken nuggets for the Super Bowl. Yeah, right. Again, and now I didn't even go into it because I'm trying to keep myself focused here. But you know, I, I talk about cheat meals because that's how people refer to them. Don't love the phrase. Don't love the phrase cheat meals. And program yourself. Then we do clean. We got five clean eating days a week, two pleasure eating days. And the pleasure eating days are very specifically marked pleasure because a huge part of this process is learning how to eat for pleasure. You know, so yeah, the reason we want to master our weight is so that we can enjoy food at the highest level. Because I think the highest, most pleasure you can get out of food is when you eat it at your goal weight. When you eat it, when you're in control of your eating and your health and your lifestyle. You know, I can eat the shit out of pizza and animal fries last night. And then I, there's not a worry in my mind because I know I'll get right back on track. I can have some donuts. I don't give a shit. I'm going to get back on track. This isn't a normal thing. I'm going to get myself back on track. You know, I enjoy when I eat it. 
and then I get myself back on track. That's the highest form of God, a quality of life, to be honest. I mean, it's a crazy world, man. You got to make up your own rules now because we're in such a weird space in reality, right? We don't live in the natural world, which is what all of our body and mind are designed for, right? We were designed to be living in a food scarce environment. That's what we evolved in. But now we live in a food abundant and it's not even just food abundant. It's hyper palatable food abundant. It's not even natural food. So it's literally food drugs, <laughs> like foods that are literally engineered to be addictive and hyper palatable. We're surrounded by those. And so we've got this nervous system and neurology that was designed in a food scarce environment. Now we find ourselves in a completely different environment. Um, and so you have to make up your own rules. And uh, the diet is not it. The diet rules are not it, folks. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with you other than the fact that you keep thinking like a dieter. You know, that's your biggest challenge. But that's awesome, John. And so you probably enjoyed yourself. And again, John, he's in the program and um, he's really interesting because he's he's a very all or nothing black or white thinker when he started. And um, it's, it's really fun watching him kind of transition into thinking much more um, naturally, much more uh, practically and ultimately much more all or something so that he can step off for a day and eat pizza and chicken nuggets and enjoy the shit out of them and then the next day get right back on track. That's what I'm trying to tell you folks. That's why we do the five, the five two model is so important to the whole program. Um, and it doesn't even have to be five two. It's a philosophy where you have specifically have days. This is where days I want to be clean. These are days where I'm going to enjoy myself. I think having days like that is very, very helpful very, very helpful for a million reasons that I'm not going to go into right now, but um, that's great, John. Uh, Daniel says, I'm watching my intake about 1,400 calories per day, but I've stopped dropping weight for a few weeks. Um, yeah, plateaus, it's always the same story I say that when you hit a plateau, you really want to practice maintenance at that point, right? Because we don't know. You know, you cut down to 1,400 calories, you've been consistently losing weight, and all of a sudden the weight loss stops, but you don't know why. Your body is a very complex system, and sometimes you can cut down to 1,400 calories, lose weight consistently for three weeks, now the weight loss stops. But you don't know why. You don't know if you need to cut more calories or if your body just needs to kind of balance itself out and start losing again. So this is why you practice maintenance. And so what I mean by practice and maintenance is not cutting more calories, it's staying at 1,400 calories and focusing on how can I make those 1,400 calories I'm consuming easier and more enjoyable. And so you spend your energy optimizing the 1,400 calories you've been taking in. And now you live at the 1,400 calories that are optimizing, make it easier, make it more enjoyable. But now you're three weeks later and now you can look and either your body started kicking back in and started losing weight or it didn't. And now you say, okay, I need to cut more calories. But now you have optimized your plan so it's easier for you to follow. It's more enjoyable. And now you have more structure to what you're doing. So now you can look at your 1,400 calories that you're eating. You can say, okay, where's another place that I can cut? You know, but now you can do it much more strategically. And you can say, where's the easiest place that I can cut a couple more calories out? Okay. Now, again, 1,400 calories to begin with is pretty low. So, so I, again, I didn't even mention going to that whole thing. Um, but so I would, I would imagine it's probably um, stopping dropping weight for a few weeks is not unusual. You have to understand that weight loss is very inconsistent and unpredictable in the short term. And so to cut down to 1,400 calories and to lose weight consistently for a couple of weeks and then stop losing weight for a couple of weeks is not unusual. It just isn't. I know we like to think that it's gonna be a straight line of success down two pounds a week all the way to my goal weight. That is rarely how it happens, rarely. And um, so, yeah, so that's what I would suggest to that. Um, Lorena says, feel so good, made healthy meal preps for two days today and now I eat chicken curry with rice. Nice. I feel it's easier to control my cravings 
when I have healthy food meal prep ready. Oh, absolutely, Arena. Yeah. You got to, I always say this, that you've got to structure your eating. I truly believe that. I, I don't think you can master your weight if you don't structure your eating to some degree. Um, I just don't. I, I think, I think of this about, a, I think a lot about this because, you know, there's always this idea that we're intuitive eaters. And I do think we are intuitive eaters, but we don't live, I think to be an intuitive eater, you got to live in a natural environment. And we don't live in a natural environment. We live in an environment where there's constantly hyper palatable, addictive foods around us. And so I think it's very difficult to, to just give it context. I mean, if you ask me, I mean, pretty much any point in the day, if you offer me like some delicious cookie, uh, yeah, I'm hungry. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I could eat it. There's very rarely where I'm at a point where, oh, I can't eat that. I'm so full, I can't eat that. That's very rare. And so if I just eat based on like in the moment, oh, do I want to eat that? Like, I always want to eat it. And and I, I have done this because back in the day, I would eat breakfast, then I'd have a snack, then I'd have lunch, then I'd have a snack, then I'd have dinner, then I'd snack all night. So I know I can eat all day long. And this is built into us. There's a, It's called spontaneous veracity. And so in the natural world, if you all of a sudden, this is the example that they used. This guy, had, he was a hunter-gatherer and he hunted and foraged a bunch of food. He ate a, a ton of food. And then on his way back, bringing the animal back, he uh, found a beehive and he ate like two quarts of honey. And they're like, holy shit, I can't believe how much this guy's eating. And it turns out, like, again, we have this ability because we evolved in a food-scarce environment. And so the trait of being able to eat and eat and eat when the food's there was very valuable for survival. So we, we are all here because of our ancestors. <laughs> and most of our ancestors could eat and eat and eat and eat. That's how we all got here, okay? But here we are with that same ability in a situation where we're constantly being triggered food-wise in a million different ways to overeat. So again, I think structuring your eating... Um, for a million, I'm not going to go into it now. A lot of it has to do with your dopamine and, and levels and things like that. But, but the way you structure your eating, having healthy meal preps, um, all of these things that we, we talk about in the program are just crucial, you know, to having a strategy that really, really works for you. Because the diet strategy is horseshit. You're following it. And you don't even realize how stupid it is. You're blaming yourself because it doesn't work. It's not your fault. The diets don't work. They're dramatic overcorrections. They're simplistic and they don't work. So, um, Again, you're always seeing you know, people on here, what works is you're seeing the same consistent things that make sense. But meal prepping, um, to some degree, again, I don't want to overwhelm. Sometimes you think meal prepping, you freak out because it's too much. But if we do it practically and strategically, it's very important. Um, Astrid says, I bought, I bought chocolate cookies, chocolate mousse, peanuts, but I ate only cookies. I don't want it, and I don't want any more. I noticed I have changed. Oh, yeah, okay, Astrid, yeah. That's fun, too. You know, that's definitely a fun thing that when you get you know, you get around old foods that you would just like plow through before. Astrid's in the program. So I just want to make it clear. And so um, Astrid's changing in a million different ways. And so it's fun though, like when you get around foods that you used to be out of control with, and now you respond to them with much more control, naturally. That's what I'm trying to say, not willpower. See, your, your attempt to try and control everything with willpower is short-sighted and ineffective. This is what I'm trying to say. It's not you. There's nothing wrong with your willpower. There's nothing wrong with your personality. Um, there's nothing wrong with you as a person. It's the fact that you've got horseshit strategies you're trying to follow. They're not even strategies. Every diet is a tactic. Every diet is one tactic, right? Keto, just stop eating carbs. Intermittent fasting, just stop eating for 16 hours. Um, Weight Watchers, just count your points. Tracking food, just, just track all the calories. Dieting, just cut to 1200 calories, you know, it's always one thing, 
you need a comprehensive approach to really master this. You know, it's a whole nother piece. But it's fun when you when you change yourself in this holistic, comprehensive way um, from the inside out into a thin, healthy person. Again, you start responding to foods differently, and that's a lot of fun. You know, so I'm glad for you, Astrid. Um, Daniel, so thank you for your help. You're welcome, Daniel. And good luck with that. Again, don't worry about it. Don't worry about the plateaus. Again, as a diet or a plateau is so discouraging. But a plateaus are completely normal and natural. See, we're fed this bullshit by the diet industry that you're just going to start your diet and it's going to be a straight line down to your success. But that is not how it happens. If you have any more... Well, shit, even if you've got a little bit of weight to lose, that's a whole thing in and of itself. But um, if you've got... 50 pounds to lose, 40 pounds to lose. It's going to take longer than you think because, yeah, you might lose the initial weight quickly doing something extreme. This is what most people fall in love with with keto. You know, it's the rapid weight loss right in the beginning. It's very short-sighted because I'm all keto people doing it, you know, trying to do it 100 times. It never works, but whatever. But um, weight loss is just inconsistent, unpredictable in the short term. It just is. And so we got to recognize that. And so you can't hinge your motivation to the weight loss always happening just like clockwork. It's most likely not going to happen that way for you, which is normal. It's again, it's your, you've been conditioned to think there's going to be a straight line down. So you go into it with that false expectation. You got a lot of crazy expectations that the diet industry has put there in your head, but um, that's one of the big ones. And so we need to be prepared that losing weight is very much like like learning other skills. Like if you want to learn to play the piano, you're not just going to have a straight line of success. You're not going to have a straight line of success with anything that you want to learn over time. It's like, it, it's it's leaps, plateaus, dips, leaps, plateaus, dips. It's a combination of those three things. And the same thing goes for your weight. Because, and what, what describes that? Well, some of it's physical. Literally, you could just give some of the exact calories in a metabolic lab and they're going to lose and then plateau and then start losing again. Okay, so your body does functions that can hold on to weight in the short term. Um, but usually in the real world, what ends up happening is you're eating more than you think. You think you're tracking 1,400 calories, but you're missing 100, 200 calories sometimes. Plus, the, the calories themselves are estimates. They, they're off by as much as 20%, what they're right on the packaging. You know, so there's even that piece. Um, Lorena says, I'm glad we're on the same vibe. Um, A says, ha, 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 shish. Not sure what you're referring to. Um, John says, I actually felt terrible after. I need pleasure foods that make me feel good. Hey, there you go, John. And there's a brilliant there's a brilliant comment. That's a comment of the day. That when you cut the shit, because what happens is, see, dieters, so let me back up again. Program yourself, then we have the 5-2 model. Five clean days, two pleasure days, right? And again, this is just a philosophy. So some people, I start off with one clean day, six pleasure days. So again, it's just, it's a concept. But 5-2 is a nice place to kind of shoot for, for most people. Um, that being said, most dieters don't want to have a clean day or a pleasure day. They don't even want to have a cheat day. They have a cheat meal. Okay. And so what ends up happening is they end up at some point making, you know, having a cheat meal regardless, but they're so, they're feeling so bad about it. They're so upset about it that they usually go into denial or they beat themselves up about it. But if you cut the shit and you just eat the chicken nuggets, the pizza, the ice cream, the, whatever your food is that you're struggling with. If you just allow yourself to eat it and enjoy it and then save some energy and awareness to be aware of what the consequence at the end is. Five minutes after you finish eating, how do you feel physically, mentally, emotionally? If you pay attention to that, a lot of times what you're going to realize is I feel like shit. I feel like shit physically, mentally, emotionally. So it's like, I'll give you an example. My 
there's these things called animal fries. Don't know if you heard of them. They, um, it's French fries, sauteed onions, okay, like caramelized onions. Uh, and then there's these two sauces. I don't even know what they are. One's cheese-based and one's like a special sauce. That's what it is. And, uh, and it's all put together, okay? And so it's good. It's super good. It's so good you want to eat every all of it, okay? But I've done this enough times to know that when I eat all of it, I feel like shit afterwards. So I look for the sweet spot. But I'm not binarily thinking. See, when you binary think, oh, I can't have animal fries, okay? So when you're always saying that, when you finally let yourself have it, you way overeat them. It's called the counter-regulatory effect. It's called the what-the-hell effect, kind of colloquially. Um, so when you don't allow yourself to have something and then you eat it anyways, you're not being present. You feel so mad. You're bad, mad about yourself, so you're in denial. You're beating yourself up. So you have no energy to pay attention to how do I feel. So when you get in the game of I can eat whatever I want, but I'm going to pay attention to what the consequence is, physically, mentally, and emotionally, it starts to clean up a lot of your reading. I'm reading this whole book. It's really fascinating. It's called The Dorito Effect, and it's talking about it's talk about flavor a lot, but it's basically the idea that when we're built, again, based on the natural world, we're built to eat things and then recognize what the effect is, okay? And I forget what they call it, post-ingestive reinforcement or something like that. And so basically, we're not using that a lot of times. We're, we're way overeating these, you know, these foods, hyperpalatable foods, you know, processed foods, and then we're not sitting with the consequence of it. And if you do, you will quickly realize, I feel like shit. Now, you won't realize you feel like shit physically a lot of times because you're just used to it. But you will realize mentally and emotionally, again, what do you say to yourself when you eat the, the, the Ben and Jerry's, when you eat the cookies, when, you, when you're done eating them, five minutes after you finished eating, what are you saying in your head? It's usually negative. Right? Oh, God, why did I do that again? Shit. Why do I keep eating them? I'm out of control. I can't do this. And, you know, it's all this negative talk, which creates negative emotions. And that becomes a place that, that a lot of people are living in consistently because of the food decisions they're making. So once you can attach these two things together, you can start to realize, because that's what I do now, how I make healthier food choices, it's not that I still want to eat it just as much, right? So we'll break it into three phases, anticipation, consumption, consequence. I still want to, I still look forward and eat, want to eat the food just as much as I always did. The difference is that I'm now much more balanced in terms of what I'm focusing on before I make the food choice. So you, if you're struggling with food, it's because when you think about, oh, I'm going to have some ice cream, you're thinking about getting it and eating it. That's it. And you might be thinking about, oh, the consequence you're thinking about is, oh, I might put weight on at some point in the distant future. The consequence I'm talking about is five minutes after you take your last bite and you pay attention to how you feel physically, mentally, emotionally. And what you're quickly going to realize is, holy shit, this thing I thought was so pleasurable is actually one of the things causing me more pain in my life than anything else. And once you start realizing that, everything changes. Because again, as I said, I still know all the foods I want to eat taste good. I still look forward to them. But now my mind is more focused on how will I feel five minutes after I'm done. And how I feel five minutes after I'm done, I feel let down. I feel frustrated. I feel lethargic. I feel just bloated. I don't, I don't like how it feels. And so I'm now making my decisions based on, do you understand this? Because if you just focus on the anticipated consumption, it drives the desire way up. And now you got to use a lot of willpower to fight against that. When you focus on the consequence genuinely, it's like, no, I love Ben and Jerry's ice cream. I love eating it, but I don't like how I feel afterwards. I feel phlegmy. I feel kind of full. I feel bloated. I don't like that. I don't want to feel that way. I got a lot of work I want to do today. So as soon as I focus on that consequence, the desire goes down. So now I'm not relying on willpower exclusively. I'm, I'm using my brain to think about in a way that creates more indifference for it or dislike or disgust for it. So I don't want to eat it. Hope that makes sense. Um, Lorena says, most diets is cutting carbs. Yep. 
Um, yeah, most diets is cutting carbs now. You know, that's just, that's one diet. We'll cycle back. They're just cycling you through macronutrients because they don't want you, you again, you got to understand all the diets. The way you think about weight loss is basically, you think about weight loss because you've been taught by the food companies, right? You want all the big food companies, the junk food companies that are coming to your mind now, your favorite junk foods that you eat, processed foods. You want them teaching you how to lose weight. You want them to teach you how to eat less of their products right? It doesn't make any sense, but that's the world we live in, you know? And so, yeah, this is what I'm trying to say. Your biggest challenge right now is that you think like a dieter. You've got a dieter mindset and it keeps you trapped. That's your biggest challenge right now. And um, yeah, most diets is cutting carbs. And it's like, listen, of course, that's the big one right now. And it should be the big one because the number one source of calories for American adults is baked goods. <laughs> so refined carbs, specifically flour, you know, that, that's the big one, um, is one of the main sources of calories. So yeah, so if you have a diet that's specifically just focused on that, you'll probably lose weight. But again, it's a tactic, isn't it? It's always one tactic. It's bullshit. These diets know that you're overwhelmed and exhausted and frustrated, so they try and make it as simple sounding as possible. And keto is the, the, the perfect example of this, followed only by intermittent fasting, which is probably why they're the two most popular diets in the world. It's a crazy world we live in though. But the keto thing, it's right. How simple can it be? Just, just don't eat carbs. Just stop eating carbs. You know what I mean? And so psychologically, conceptually, it's the simplest idea on the planet. But to actually exercise and it, to, to do it, is one of the hardest things in the world. Because the flip side of just stop eating carbs is completely change how you eat. And it's overwhelming. And so whatever, I mean, it's, you know, I think I talk about keto all the time and I think it's goofy. It's a goofy diet. And if you don't think that, we could talk about it. I've noticed that the more I eat healthy food, the fewer I want chocolate chips. They just don't taste the same then. Yeah, Lorena, you're right on the, right on the money. Right on the money. That's why I'm more... I'm more focused. So here's my, right? I, if you want to call it a cheat day yesterday, please call it that because it was. <laughs> but then I come into today and I already know I've got more sugar cravings in my body, more carb cravings in my body. But my focus is I just want to make sure I get that fucking salad in my body. <laughs> That's the main thing I'm focused on. And so I don't want to eat donuts, but I, I did eat donuts, but I don't give a shit because I know I'm going to have the salad and that's going to anchor me to something healthier. So do you hear what I'm saying? Because a dieter is fixated on what they have to stop doing. Right, you're, you're, you as a dieter, you're, most of your energy is I have to stop eating carbs. I have to stop eating sugar. I have to stop eating for 16 hours. It's all about what you have to stop doing. And I can tell you, me as someone who has mastered their weight, it's about what I have to do today. So I don't give a shit that I ate donuts because I know I'm gonna eat a salad in a little bit here and that's gonna anchor me back into my mindset and my lifestyle into my normal routine. You know, And the reason I focus more on what I'm going to put in my body is because I, exactly what you're saying, Lorena, as soon as I put the healthy stuff in my body, I kind of balance myself out. If I'm trying to not, oh, I'm not gonna eat sugar carbs today. I ate a bunch of sugar carbs yesterday. I'm not gonna eat today. Oh, well, I just ate some for breakfast. So now if I don't have the salad anchoring me in, oh, well, I might as well just get a sandwich for lunch. Might as well, you know what I mean? Now everything's off track. But because I'm looking at the salad as an anchor point, I don't give a shit that I had the donuts because now my mind says, eh, I wish I didn't eat them, but I know I'll be right back on track at, right, right at lunch, you know? So, and, and it, that serves a lot of purposes. When he says, now I try to find more ple pleasure food, it has some taste quality in that. Yeah, it's a new thing for me. Yeah, that's a whole thing. Yeah, the taste of the food and actually natural food. You can actually like natural foods, folks, you know, believe it or not. Um, 
Erica says up 0.4 pounds last week, then weighed today and down one and a half pounds in 24 hours. The scale lies. <laughs> Only the trending overtime matters. Exactly, Erica. Right? This is why I say, folks, that the cruelest thing you can do to yourself is if you're going to weigh yourself, um, <laughs> if you're going to weigh yourself, you really ought to weigh yourself every day, in my opinion. I can't think of anything crueler to do than to weigh yourself once a week for exactly that reason, you know? It's just, it's crazy. I'm just reading a note here. Yeah, but that's great, Erica. And again, so, so you see, Erica, you got your mindset there now, right? Again, folks, it's really not the... The weight does matter. I'm not going to sit here and say the weight doesn't matter, but it's not so much the weight it is your mindset and how you're interpreting things, you know? And so you can see, Erica, she's writing to you. She's got a, a her focus on the trending over time, right? Cause it's, it's not the day-to-day -day weight thing. See, and you as a dieter, you're putting all of your your motivation and hope and energy into that that... You, you think it's always going to be a straight line down. So when you all of a sudden hit a little blip up, right? Because look at Erica, right? So she up 0.4 pounds last week and then down one and a half pounds. That's what I'm trying to tell you. And especially when you're micro weighing, like when you got a, such a specific scale of 0.4, you're going to find things shifting. Well, I weigh myself. I could, I shift in one, two pounds every single day. Up, up and down, you just move. You the, you're the same way I bet. You know, everyone's a little different, but it's a lot more than you think. So you got to take that into account. Treat on them. I'm being a lot kinder to myself and not automatically going into fast mode afterwards. Yeah, that's great. That's a big one too, right? That we make a mistake and now I'm going to like make up for it all, right? You're not going to make up for it, you, you know? So just be kind to yourself, relax, and get yourself back on track gently, comfortably in a way that works for you. So that's great. Yeah, that is real progress, by the way. Huge, huge. Um, Deborah says, I'm on Manjuro, scared to gain after I get off. Any suggestions? Um, yeah, I, I I do have suggestions, and I, I get that you're scared of that because for a lot of reasons, right? Because, I mean, you're hearing that all the time. And that's a message you're going to hear a lot of because it serves the, the drug company's purposes, you know? Um, because they got you so scared now that if you go off, you're going to gain weight, which you will because you haven't learned any real strategies to deal with the food noise, right? It's... um. It's, it's manufactured by a pill, you know? And so I get it, I get it. Um, so what do you do? Now, I, I want to tell you this because, you know, I always joke that the, the, the phrase of the year is going to be food noise, right? All of a sudden, everyone think of food noise. And so you're not going to hear this too often, but I've been focused on food noise for 30 years, right? I'm a hypnotist by trade, neurolinguistic programmer, a coach. So I focus on food noise because you're chattering to yourself all day long in your head about food, and a lot of what you're chattering is put there by commercials. You've seen millions and tens of millions and millions and you'll see tens of that potentially you'll see thousands of food ads today, you know, because every so you don't even think about it. But even just seeing like the logo of the food, you know what I mean? Like like driving by your favorite fast food, you've just seen the logo is a trigger is an advertisement, right? You, you take that. You don't even think of that as an advertisement. You walk in the supermarket, you're passing that. That's that's a thousand ads right there. All the food, you know what I mean? So it's all going in subconsciously. So um, we got to learn how to deal with the food noise on our own. We're all our own best or worst hypnotists because we're all up in our head chattering away. And what you're saying is the main thing driving your behaviors and your behaviors obviously are driving your weight. So yeah, I, I now here's what I would say. I wouldn't be scared to gain after I get off um, because scared just implies that there's nothing you can do. Um, I work with people 
in, in my program, I have people that are on, you know, Manjaro's or Ozempics or whatever. So they're learning strategies while they're on it. Um, so I guess I would suggest, and I suggest this to everyone anyways, but I would strongly suggest you go to my bio, click the link, get the hypnosis session I give you. It's called The New Thin Me. It's a kickstart session, completely free. Um, watch the training that's right after it. I made a quick video, uh, three steps to master your weight. So that's going to be two steps to master your weight. I'm, I'm doing that one again today. Uh, so again, always trying to make it more and more streamlined, but, but that'll be there. And then I email you positive stuff every day to kind of shift your mindset. That's what you need to change. And you're seeing the, you're seeing the benefit of it, right? The medicine basically to, to some degree, it, it gives you a taste of what a shifted mindset feels like, but I'm doing this every day with people in my program. I've done this myself where I think differently about food. I'm not scared of the food noise. You see what I mean? That scared is a bad feeling, right? We don't want to build our success on fear, on nervousness. And that's what I always find with people on the medicines, right? Because I, I, I've talked with a lot of them and um, they're, they're scared. They're scared or they're frustrated because they know they're, they haven't really figured the problem out. And so it's a stressful place to be because you know it's just a temporary fix. And potentially it could be extremely expensive and potentially it could be extremely dangerous. We don't know what this medicine does yet. So there's a lot of, a lot of questions about, about the medicine. So yeah, my, my suggestion is to learn how to influence your mindset. And if you do what I just told you about in the bio, that, that'll give you a much richer concept of how, you, how to go about that and what that even is. Okay. But yeah, you can absolutely 100% naturally influence the food noise in your brain. Okay, folks, don't let anyone tell you different. It, it's, it's all, it's what you're saying to yourself. It's how you think of the food and you can deal with it naturally. I have taken control of the food noise in my head because I've fixated on that for 30 years. You know, it doesn't take 30 years to do it because I, tell you how to do it now but that's been my obsession is the food do you not think how you think about food has a huge impact on your weight right i mean that's all i'll do with people you know so the medicine does it naturally oh well not naturally but but you know that's what it does but it doesn't last so i get it so yeah you got to fix your mindset naturally i've never i've never tried keto it never felt right right thing to do i'm so glad yeah so you saved yourself a lot of time and frustration um my main problem my main problem is I need to add fiber gradually, but I don't know exactly how to do that. Um, yeah, great question. Listen, it's simple. Adding fiber gradually, not a bad idea, but you can add it quicker than gradually too. Um, how would I add fiber? I don't know what your diet is, but the easiest, quickest way to start adding fiber is to eat an apple every day, have some banana every day, uh, have a salad a couple days a week, right? Put some vegetables in it. That's a great start. Right, and so then you're not only getting fiber, you're getting micronutrients. Uh, you're satisfying yourself on a whole different level, and you're building up a, a foundation of nutrition. So much of the reason why you're hungry all the time, folks, is because you're you're literally starving to death. I don't want I don't be dramatic, um, but but you're starving, right? Because a lot of times we think, oh, like like starving or not starving just comes down to calories. Well, that's not true, right? It comes down to micronutrients. And in the natural world, calories usually meant micronutrients because we were eating natural foods. But now we live in a society where we could eat a thousand calories, almost no micronutrient value to it. And so as you start adding more fiber and micronutrients into your body, it's absolutely transformative. And so the easiest way to do that, again, uh, fruits, vegetables, greens, beans, great way to add fiber into your diet. Uh, Shayla says, I did your hypnosis session and listened to it every day this week. Great job. Great job. Make sure you watch the training too. The training is so important. The training's 
more important, I think, than the hypnosis session. Hypnosis sessions are great, but they're they're kind of they tend to have the effect of being temporary. And so when you actually understand what's going on, it's a much more powerful place to be. So make sure you watch that training. Um, you recommend to wait once a week, right? No, I recommend if you're going to use the scale. Now again, I always say there's no right or wrong. There's only what works for you. But if you're going to use a scale, as opposed to not using a scale to measure your success, some people just start making healthier choices, doing things, and they kind of just go intuitively. Oh, I'm, I feel thinner. My clothes are fitting better. I look better. That, that's how they're measuring things. And then some people measure by the scale. Again, you choose whatever works for you. But if you're going to use the scale, you might as well do it every day because your weight fluctuates every day. And again, let's just say minimum fluctuations, one to two pounds a day. And let's just say you start your plan. You don't realize, but you, you start your plan and you weigh yourself on a day when you're down two pounds. Okay. And you do everything perfect all week and say you lose a pound right during the week, but then you step on the scale. And for that day, for whatever reason, you're up two pounds from where you were the day before. Right. And so now it looks like you put a pound on during the week. So it, it's a, it's a bad place to be. You know, so again, if you weigh yourself every day, you start to understand. I, there's so many benefits to it. I think weighing yourself every day, um, a ton of benefits. A, you, you learn about your body and how it, how the weight is on it. Right? What's your body do? If your body fluctuates one or two pounds, that'd be helpful to know, wouldn't it? So you don't freak out if it's, you know what I mean? Like you have a better understanding how the body works. Um, then you know it sends a message to you that this is serious. You know I'm going to weigh myself every day because this is something I seriously want to master. Okay. And then the third thing that I love about it is it helps you work through your emotions. If you're absolutely terrified of the scale, it's not the scale folks. It's the fact that you don't know how to influence your weight. That's freaking you out. And the scale just brings it to the surface. Your scale, stepping on the scale should feel like step like the speedometer of your car. You know, you're not scared of looking at the speedometer of your car. You're going too fast. You know how to slow down. You're going too slow. You know how to speed up, but you know how to speed up or slow down. So you're not scared of the speedometer. You're scared of the scale because deep down, you don't know how. You don't know how to change your weight. You know what you should do, but you don't know how to get yourself to do it. And so it reveals the core problem. And there's no reason that you should be running away from that. You should be running at it. I don't know how to fucking change my behaviors. That's the problem. You know, if you think it's because you don't have the right diet, you're 100 miles off course, you know, and, and you're going to be struggling for a long time. You got you to gotta face the, the fears. Um... Astrid says, are you also live on YouTube, Instagram now? Yes, Astrid, I am. I stream it. Um, yeah, this is on YouTube and Instagram and Facebook all at the same time. Every day, usually around noon, I get on all of them. Um, I've been fasting and one meal a day with soup in the afternoon. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. So, Deborah, yeah, right? So, that's I can see why you're scared, right? That, that's not going to... Right? Because you know... You know, this is when most dieters are dealing with fear because even when they're doing their plan and they're getting results, they're scared. I know this. I don't know if you know this too, but you just ignore it. But when you're dieting successfully, whatever diet, doesn't matter what it is, um, but you're dieting successfully, it's like there's so much anxiety underneath you. There's so much fear and anxiety because you get this conversation like, how long are we able to keep this off? And so for Deborah, what am I going to do once the medication? What am I going to do? I'm, I'm so worried about the medication once I get off that. And so all your mindset right now is just, it's just reinforcing the core problem. Again, I'm not, I don't support the medications because it's not a real solution. It's just a Band-Aid. It's a, it's a, see, it's setting Deborah up. So it's cutting the food noise and the appetite down enough so that she can basically starve herself, you know? And, um, 
So that's why you're scared because you know you're doing something that's unsustainable. And when you're doing something that's unsustainable, it's always scary. It always feels weird because you know you're not, it's not going to last. This is why most dieters are freaking out subconsciously. This is why most dieters can't even get themselves to lose weight at this point. Most of the people that end up joining my program, it's usually people in the 45 to 65, 40 to 65, somewhere in that ballpark. Because by that point, you've tried a bunch of diets. And it's not the diets that don't work for you that's the problem. It's the diets that did work for you that you couldn't keep up that's the problem. Because now you subconsciously associate dieting even when it works fails. And now you can't even get yourself motivated to start a plan. You're thinking about weight loss 24 hours a day, but you can't get yourself to start a plan because you know none of them work because you can't stick with them long term. And so, Deborah, you know deep down that you know you're not going to be able to, you know you can't just eat a meal a day of soup. You can't eat one soup meal a day forever, right? And so you say, well, yeah, but I'm just doing this till I lose the weight. And then what are you going to do? Again, this is why we program yourself then. We start with maintenance. We start with what weight do you want to live at Let's start living and eating and thinking and feeling that way. Now, let's master your mind. Again, the weight mastery pyramid. Let's master your mindset, your lifestyle, and your eating so that you can weigh what you want to weigh. The weight that gives you the best quality of life. And so, yeah, I mean, you're on this medication and so you're taking it to the extreme and you're basically starving yourself. And you know you're scared deep down because you know it's not a sustainable thing. And so here's what I try to say too. Like most people that want to lose weight are walking around with an overweight mindset. Your mindset's overweight. Meaning, if you're not thinking about losing weight or, or what you're going to do and you're just living your life, you're eating and living in a way that keeps you overweight. It's, it's on autopilot. You have been programmed subconsciously to be an overweight person. To think like an overweight person, to live like an overweight person, and to eat like an overweight person. And it's just second nature to you. You just do it automatically. So it's easy for you to do that. And then sometimes you get really upset about your weight and say, I got to lose weight. So now you go into your diet mode, which is where you consciously try and fight against all your automatic behaviors, right? And so you have this overweight mindset and you basically have this diet mindset. And best case scenario is you diet yourself down to your goal weight where the same exact problem exists that you got an overweight mindset and a diet mindset, but you can't keep dieting. And so now most people, when they get to this point are scared shitless that they're just going to go back to overweight mindset and just put the weight back on. And so the real solution is to create a thin and healthy mindset so that you can live as a thin and healthy person automatically on autopilot, just like you live as an overweight person automatically. Changing your weight is hard, up or down, by the way. I know you think it's not, but it is. You're a homeostasis, homeostasis machine. Um, oh, Astra said this sounds better on Instagram. Yeah, folks, by the way, yeah, it, I, I know that's true because um, I'm using this, this big guy. Hey, this big microphone. So that's going out to all the other ones when the audio is working. <laughs> um, so yeah, so again, we, we, when, we, when we do unsustainable things to lose weight, we're subconsciously creating tons of anxiety because we know I can't live this way forever. And again, this all comes back to the idea that if you think your goal is to lose weight, you're completely fucking wrong because you don't just want to lose weight. I know you keep saying that like some obsessive mantra. I just want to lose the weight. I just want to lose the weight. But you don't. You've lost weight before and then put it back on. Are you happy you lost the weight or are you mad that you put it back on? And I know the answer to that. So the goal is not to lose weight. The goal is to live at your goal weight. And ideally, you want to live at your goal weight on near autopilot. That's what I help people do. But you have to understand that you know more. If you've been trying to lose weight for decades you're not motivated by the idea of losing weight. So stop saying that shit. 
The, the finish line is not to get to your goal weight. You've done that. You've lost weight before and you put it back on. Don't you get it? <laughs> you got to make the focus living at your goal weight. It's a completely different goal. And then when you when you when the goal is living at your goal weight, you realize, well, eating a bowl of soup a day is not a sustainable thing for me. You know? And now you start to find strategies that are sustainable. I sit in front of you at my goal weight. I weigh exactly what I want to weigh, and I do it in a way that I love doing. I love the way that I eat. I love the way I live. I love the way I think about all this stuff. I love it. I anticipate eating this way. I, I anticipate it getting better and I keep optimizing, but I could I could eat and live the way I'm living forever. I love it. Think about that. As a dieter, you're doing extreme things because you're trading the pleasure of the food for the pleasure of the scale going down. But at some point, the scale stops going down. So then where's your pleasure coming from? What's jazzing you up then? No one thinks about this. And it's the most triggering thing you can ask a dieter is what are you going to do after you lose the weight? They get all pissed off. You know, oh, no, I don't know. Don't, don't, I don't want to talk about that now, Jim. I'm just, I just, let me lose it first. Well, you know, it's like I, I, teach, I coach basketball. And I always say, you know, you, you play like you practice. Well, so what are you going to do? You're going to do this extreme thing you do to lose the weight. And then once you, you, oh, I'll figure it out. I'll just, I'll learn maintenance. Well, 95% of people that lose weight don't learn maintenance. So maybe it's time to talk about it. <laughs> you know, listen, if everyone was getting their goal weight and staying there, I wouldn't even be here talking about this. But like, it's, it's crazy. No one's getting the results they want. You know, Alerna says, can you re remove my both emails maybe from your system? Then I can join again and see the video too. Um, yeah, Lorena, I'm going to put the video in a member's area for the, the Spark program I've been talking about. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to put that in there. So you just be able to see it, but I'll, I'll, so I'll just add that. You don't have to redo it. I got you. Cause I joined some time ago. That's why I don't get my new emails and video. And then I add it again. Scale brings up emotions. Yeah. Scale brings up emotions. No doubt. No doubt. Um, but again, you, you got to learn to, if, if the scale, here's what I'm saying, folks, if the scale puts you in a near panic, that's, that's a sign that there's a ton of unresolved emotion in you and you can't fix it by ignoring it. Oh, I'm just not going to weigh myself. Me, now I'm not saying you can't because there's a lot of people in the world. But me personally, it's like if I'm if I'm terrified to step on the scale, I want to gain some peace with that. I don't want to be terrified to step on the scale. I want to step on the scale, see the number. <sighs> okay, I'm not happy with that number. I want it to be a different number. I'm going to commit myself to making it that number in the easiest, most enjoyable way possible. You know what I mean? Like everything has a counter to it. Do, do you know? We can't just like, ah, ah, the scale. Fro frozen in fear like like how could you being frozen in fear from the scale lead to you mastering your way how can that how can that lead to anything good I, I just i me personally i'm not letting it go like if i'm freaking out about the scale i want to address it and find strategies to help me deal with it more effectively i don't want to have this i don't want the scale to have so much power over me that it, it i can't even measure my weight that way you know, now again, it's up to each person. And I've worked with people that don't use the scale and succeed. So again, I'm not saying you, you know, use the scale or don't. I don't give a shit. But if you're going to use it, you might want to work on how do I want to respond to this scale emotionally? How do I want to think about the scale? There are mental, emotional strategies that you can use with the scale. You're just a, you're just like Pavlov's dogs now. You know what I mean? Like, like oh, the, the scale just terrifies me. Well, okay, but that's not the only response that you can have from it. You know, remember you're a human being who can influence how they think and feel about things. Don't just, again, the, the magic word, the magic question, how do I want to feel about this scale? That's why I always tell you the speedometer thing. You never think of that on your own. You know what I mean? But what if you just use the scale as this unemotional, just reference point? Yeah. 
<laughs> John says it's so interesting when the stress of dieting left me. Other habits improved to exercise every day. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you don't realize this. Again, most people dieters, when they start their plan, they're going all in, right? To all or nothing. But to go from see, let's let's reframe this. This is what I'm so funny, right? Because I say all or nothing. You're like, oh yeah, all or nothing. Let's deep dive into all or nothing for a second. You're going from nothing to all, right? And it's oh yeah, I guess that's kind of true. Yeah, I'm going from nothing to all. So it's a huge jump in energy. Right, just let's just say keto. Let's go with keto, which is the goofiest one out of all of them. Because you're going to go from okay, well, I eat carbs all the time. Now I don't eat any carbs. Okay, and so that's a dramatic, drastic shift and change in your diet, and it's dramatic on a bunch of levels. First off, it's totally different. So now you have to where you're automatically you just eat what you eat. Most of your eating's on autopilot. You know what you're going to eat. You have different ideas of what you're going to eat at different times of day, different days of the week. And uh, now all of a sudden you're going to micromanage and, and I'm going to decide every single thing I eat, right? And so now I'm going to, every, every meal has to be different. And now you got to think of every single meal where before you didn't. And so now by the end of the first day, you're wiped out. So you don't think about this, but your willpower is a prefrontal cortex process. It's a part of your brain called the prefrontal cortex. It's the part of your brain that uses the most energy. And so when you use lots of willpower to control your eating for the first day, you burn through all... Your willpower uses glucose. It's like if you ran a marathon, you get tired out. Well, if you start dieting, it's a lot, it's mentally taxing. It uses the same energy that running the marathon does, glucose. And now you're you're depleted. So this is a big part. And so if you're using all of your energy to get yourself to eat differently, there's no energy left for other things. And so you can't be strategic because you're just trying to drastically change your eating in one day and it's overwhelming you. It overwhelms you. Do you not feel this? Especially for keto people. You don't think keto's overwhelming the first week? Like super overwhelming? And it's overwhelming all the time, which is why no one stays on keto. So fuck your fast weight loss. I don't give a shit if you lose five pounds in the first week. You guys got to stop focusing on that. Oh my God. You know what I mean? Like how many times can you fall for this? <laughs> keto is un unquestionably a failed diet because no one stays on it long term. There's outliers that do, but it's very few people. So who gives a shit if you lose five pounds a week for three weeks and then you don't stay on it? Who gives a shit? How many times have you done it? I know, really, am I crazy? Am I crazy? <laughs> I don't know. Some days it just hits me different when I think about the keto thing especially. I get, I could understand the first year. Okay, fine. It's this magical diet. It does all this magic. But f what the fuck? It's it, what, what are we into? 20 years of some version of keto? Do you not know that you feel like shit after a month of keto? Are you kidding me? Why do you think you're not doing it? Do you think it's because you're a weak-willed, sad sack person who can't get themselves to do anything? Or do you think it's because you don't feel good on it? You don't like living that way? Which do you think it is? See, as a dieter, and you're taught to do this, as a dieter, you're taught to beat the shit out of yourself. As a dieter, you're taught to every failure is your fault. And you internalize that. And it's bullshit. It's bullshit. It has nothing to do with you, your inability to lose weight. It has nothing to do with who you are as a person. And it has everything to do with the fact that you've got a fucking goofy strategy. Keto's a goofy strategy. Intermittent fasting for most people as a diet is a goofy strategy. Well, you're what you're you're 200 pounds overweight, and now you're just gonna not eat for 16 hours a day starting tomorrow. 
Huh? <laughs> you know what I mean? What? You know? Like, God, it's just crazy. Weight Watch is a goofy strategy because it's just counting points. It's just counting, tracking calories. And you've, it's goofy now because you fucking tried it 50 times. It's not enough. It's not a real answer. It's a tactic. And it doesn't work. You know? <laughs> Anyways. <sighs> How do I get on your email list? Azra, you're not on my email list yet? This is what I'm talking about, folks. Listen, if you've never seen me and you're liking what you're hearing, or if you watch me all the time, you don't get my email list, get on my email list. It's free. It's all free shit. Okay? The first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a hypnosis session. It's called the New Thin Me. It's Kickstart Session. 10 minutes. Okay? Listen to that a couple times. You're going to find yourself naturally making healthier food choices. Okay? Um, then there's the training, though. Please watch the video I gave you. Three steps to master your weight. Soon to be two steps. <laughs> Make it even quicker for you. Um, and it's good. It's just good. It's just different. You know, that's what I'm trying to do here. I just want to give you a different way to look at things. Aren't you sick of the diet thing? You feel it. It's just, it's linked to failure at this point, folks. Dieting is linked to failure. It's not going to change. This is why I say that the, the best thing you could do for yourself is to change your goal from wanting to lose weight to wanting to live at your goal weight. I'm using very specific words. I'm a hypnotist. I'm not just saying words for no reason. I'm speaking and communicating with you in the intention of influencing your subconscious mind to think differently. Because if you think differently, listen, you take my brain and pop it into your head, you'd start losing weight today. That's what I'm trying to say. I don't give a shit if you're menopause, thyroid issues, Hashimoto's, we would start losing weight immediately. I have mastered my weight because I've mastered all of the factors that influence your weight, which is not just eating. Diet mindset. Or you think all you need to do to change your weight is just cut your calories? Yeah, on a very, very specific technical level. But what influencing is what what is influencing you to consume the calories you're eating? No one ever talks about this piece of it. They talk to you like you're a computer and you can just type, oh, I'm just gonna eat twelve hundred calories today. Well, you've known that you've known you should eat less calories forever. So what actually impacts how many calories you consume? Don't you think it's how you think about food, how you think about yourself, the strategies you got, how you're living, you know, how you feel day to day? Again, you know what to do. You don't know how to get yourself to do it. And you never learn it. You know, Looking up keto and being like, oh, I'm going to stop eating carbs. That You're no closer to losing weight just because you know that. You know? You need to work on your mindset to lose the weight. It's so interesting when the stress of dieting left me. Other habits improved. Yep, we talked about that. And that was a good uh, good point. Yeah, because again, when you, you have more energy to focus on other things. I do a learn, learn to eliminate most processed foods. Yeah, that's a great idea, Azra. Azra, most people should work on, on limiting or reducing uh, processed foods. Very smart, smart strategy. Scale equals unemotional reference point. I love that. Yeah, right? It's a nice reframe. Definitely going to listen to today's live one more time to put it correctly to my subconscious mind. Great idea, Lorena. That's very smart. You can't wait, but you can't want better results if you do the same shit. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's a, yeah, right? That's a, just another way of saying, right? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing, expect a different result. Um, but dieters be insane. Um, when you swear I needed your tough love approach 30 years ago, but accepting it now with gratitude. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. I mean, it is tough love. Like, I, I can't I, I can't have any pure intentions for you because to me, like, this is always so much more than just how you look. It's it's life and death. You know, my dad died at 54 of a heart attack. So weight to me is is literally you being there for the people that you care most about in your life. 
You, you know what I mean? Like that's how I internalize it. And um, that's part of the reason why I'm more motivated than most people. But you can influence your motivation. Motivation is a skill, by the way. We go through that in the program. But that's a whole other thing. You're not even motivated to lose weight. If you're not losing weight, it, I can almost guarantee it's because you're not really motivated. Don't take it personally, you know? But um, that's what I see. So it's nice to know that because then you can fix it. Cindy says, what are your thoughts on weight loss surgery? Um, my thoughts on weight loss surgery are the same as my thoughts on like the medicines now um, or diets, that they're, they're usually, they're temporary solutions at best if you don't change your mindset. And we know that about weight loss surgery, whether it's the, you know, the bypass or whether it's lap bands, um, whatever shrinks your stomach, we know now, I mean, what, what more proof could there be that it's a mindset issue? Because even people that make their stomach this big can still be overweight. Everyone loses weights after those surgeries, but a lot of people put the weight back on. Now think about how it's so obvious, right? Because you know how hard it is to put the weight back on when your stomach's this big? But people, they start grazing all day. Sometimes they'll blend their foods. They can drink it, drink more of it. I mean, there, there's, again, if you don't change the mindset, none of it's going to last. So that's my thoughts. And I know people get so desperate. They're just like, I just want to lose the weight. But that's not your goal. Your goal is to live at your goal weight. And if you don't change your mindset, again, it's the weight mastery pyramid. If you don't change your mindset, your lifestyle, and your eating to support you living at your goal weight, it's never going to last long term. These are all just Band-Aids we put over the surface. Diets, surgery, medicines. They're all, they're, all they're all temporary solutions that people are making money off of you with. And so that's what I think about weight loss surgery. Um, I identified my worst eating behavior thanks to you. It's eating at night, so I save the bulk of my calories for night. I know it's not good to sleep on a full stomach, though. One step at a time. Ezra, exactly. Um, and for some people, it is good to sleep on a full stomach. I, I've come to learn that too. Like, there's no right or wrong. There's only what works for you. And I mean that so literally, with the only exception potentially being structuring your reading. I, I've never seen anyone succeed without structuring their reading. But besides that, everything's up for debate in my world. Um, but I think what I do like what I'm hearing, Azra, is we can look at things in phases, one step at a time. Beautiful. And so I think that that's so brilliant for you to recognize your worst eating habit because now you can work on fixing it. And you can do it strategically, which is what I'm hearing. I love hearing that. And so, yeah, one thing at a time. I think that's a brilliant approach. So great job, Azra. Lorena um, says, oh, I need to do the same. Yep, yep. Yeah, it's a game changer for sure. That's why we spend, you know, program yourself thin. Just to, just to give you one counterpoint of how it's so different from a diet. If you start your diet, which I, I think it's funny. People starting their diets today. No, because they said Super Bowl. Yes, they can't start today. Oh, maybe next week. Oh, the Valentine's Day. There's always an excuse not to start. But that's because you got to be all or nothing, right? So who the hell wants to be perfect on Valentine's week? What if I get some chocolates? Oh, I can't eat them? I'll wait till next week, you know? So when you're thinking that way, it prevents you from, from starting ever. So program yourself then. We're not trying to make everything 100% better, right? Think about it. Imagine doing keto. I always stick to keto because it's the most popular diet in the world, right? or at least in America right now. Think about that. Think about that. Keto, keto, going into ketosis. Keto is the number most one popular diet uh, in America right now. Sad times, right? When that's the number one most popular diet. So anyways, if we go into keto, right? You're, you're starting today, no carbs. That's a drastic change. That's a drastic amount of energy it takes. Program yourself then, we would focus on your worst eating habit. That's it. That's what we're focusing on until you get a handle on it, until you come up with the strategies, the insight, the awareness to have a better strategy, a better plan in the evening. And once you have that, then we move on to the next one. So it just makes so much more sense. 
<laughs> it's a crazy, it's a crazy world. It's a crazy world for me because weight loss is like the biggest market on the planet. And um, it's weird to like do things so differently from everyone else. You know, it makes like half the time you think you're brilliant and half the time you think you're insane. <laughs> so I'm caught between those two. Um, luckily, I got all my clients, so I know it works. So I guess I, I tip towards the brilliant part a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I don't I don't even think I'm that brilliant. I think that I have been obsessed with a question that most people aren't asking. And I think most people are asking the question, how can I lose weight quickly? And I've been obsessed with the question, how can you live at your weight for the rest your goal weight for the rest of your life on your autopilot? And I think those two questions bring you in two completely different directions and reveal completely different strategies. And so I find myself being I, I joke, I, you will see this on TikTok. I'm going to bill myself as America's weight mastery coach. And um, that's a funny story to me because that's inspired, Michael Jackson used to call himself the king of pop, right? And then Howard Stern used to talk about that because he said he just made that up one day. He just, <laughs> just started calling himself the king of pop. So I think that's a funny thing to just all of a sudden just bill yourself as something. But I was like, I'm going to call myself America's weight mastery coach. And I know I, I own that title because no one gives a shit about weight mastery. <laughs> no one, no, I always joke. I got the number one weight mastery program on the planet, but it's also the only weight mastery program on the planet. You give me a weight mastery program. Go right. Write down a name of weight mastery program. Who's teaching you how to master your weight. And you quickly realize, uh, no one never even heard that Jim. Never thought about that. Holy shit. Imagine trying to lose weight for 40 years and you've never even entertain the concept of weight mastery, mastering your weight, mastering it. Because I use this as well, that if you think about shit, you could go to school, you could go to school for anything that you want. You don't have to be good at it. Like you go to plumbing school, you're going to end up two years, three years, however long plumbing school, you're going to end up knowing how to be a plumber, right? You go to school for anything, you'll get counting. You don't even have to be good with math. You're going to end up being an accountant, Right? But here you are 40 years into being a dieter and losing weight and you don't have any better idea how to lose weight and master your weight than when you started your first diet. You're going nowhere. You're caught in a fucking hamster wheel. You just keep spinning. Oh, time to start keto. Oh, I'm going to try my keto again. But I'm going to start keto. I'm going to go back to keto tomorrow. I'm going to do my Weight Watchers. Back to Weight Watchers tomorrow. Start my plan tomorrow. I'm going to, I'm eating all this shit tonight. Tomorrow's my plan. I'm going to start again. And you get nowhere. What you get is you get a couple days of eating clean and then right back to what you always do. Until you can't even do that anymore, which is probably where you're at now, you know? <laughs> Astra said, the weight mastery king. I won't go that far. I'm going to call myself the king of weight mastery. I can't do that. <laughs> but it's funny, right? It's like king of pop. I never knew he just, I don't know. If someone just gave him the name, it seemed a little bit better, but he just called himself that. The Howard Stern, he called himself what he called the king of all media. <laughs> Anyways, it's funny when people just call themselves something. I like that. So I'm going to do that. Um Cool karma. Just did the same thing with donuts at work. I was so proud of myself taking that step back. Good. Um, yeah. Oops. Let me get that out of the way. Uh, fiery fruit. I've been a fan of yours. I have a question. I start eating and simply can't stop. Um, yeah. What's the best way to stop immediately? That is a good question. And I don't have a satisfying answer that you're going to like, I don't think. Um, once so much of our behavior is a chain reaction. And so that by the time we've started eating, we've been doing a lot of stuff before that. This is why having pleasure days is so important. Most of your life has lived on autopilot. And even you're your overeating. You have a sense of like how much to eat. And when you diet, you try and restrict that and stifle it. It doesn't work either. Um, I start eating and simply can't stop. 
That's such a great question. I love when people say that because there's so much more detail to what you're saying. And I'm not picking on you here, but dieters are notoriously describe things in the most simplistic, vague ways possible. And so what I mean by that is that, and especially I see fruit in your name, um, you're probably not talking about like cantaloupes or apples or carrots or celery or salads. You're probably talking about specific types of foods. They're probably processed, hyperpalatable foods, probably. Um, so I'd like to know like the specifics. That's what I like to do. This is why I say with Program Yourself Then, what we do is we start off by focusing on our worst eating habit. We, let's take all of our attention and awareness and focus on this one thing because there's so many levels to your behaviors and what you're doing. And so I think it's really important that you recognize this because dieters like, okay, tomorrow I'm, gonna, I'm just going to stop eating carbs. Tomorrow I'm just going to eat 1,200 calories. And it's like, who the fuck do you think you are that you can just all of a sudden completely do a 180 in your behavior just in one day and then you're just going to be that person? It's goofy to think that anyways, but it's extra goofy because you've tried it hundreds of times and it hasn't worked, okay? So again, we need to get more specific. And so I want to know what you're eating and you simply can't stop. I want to get specific with it because again, I'm, I'm assuming, and I don't like to assume, but I'm assuming it's probably cookies, ice cream, pizza, bread, carb, sugar, fat, salted things, you know? And so that's the first thing I want to know. And the second thing I'll know is that it's probably, it's you overeating and can't stop at certain times, okay? There's a lot of context to our behaviors, folks. And you have to recognize the context because we run on autopilot. We're Pavlov's dogs. And we're just triggered to, to act in certain ways in certain situations. Your worst habit is showing up consistently with the same, um, the same triggers are going off. It's usually time of day, the mood you're in, the location you're in, the person or lack of people that are there. Now you're alone. So there are specific cues that are driving the behavior. Um, you know, and or you might get yourself too hungry. You know, so anyways, there's a lot more I would need to know. And I know that's unsatisfying. <laughs> uh, Eric says, I'll start diet. Monday was my way to feel better in the moment about the garbage I was eating. Exactly, right? Yeah, I'll start diet on Monday. That's exactly what it is. I, I'm glad you said that, Erica, right? It, it's it's just, yeah, I'm just using this to kind of ease the pain of this shitty eating I'm doing right now, you know? Stop doing that. Just enjoy the food and, and you know, enjoy it and know that I'll start a diet Monday's bullshit. Um, oh, last time I go crazy with eating and then I start the diet. Yeah, right, exactly, right? The lies we tell ourselves. <laughs> it's a big one. Um, I actually found one. It was on my bookshelf, Coach Yourself Thin. Oh, Hey, that sounds great. I've never heard of that. I will be looking that up because that sounds wonderful. That's great. I love Coach Yourself then too. I'm always between like coaching and uh, programming. I stick with programming because really the, the program is built around the Program Yourself Then technique, which is a hypnosis technique I show you how to use because you gotta you got to learn how to run your own mind at the end of the day. Um, and I learned this, you know, I've been a hypnotist professionally for over 20 years and I wish, I wish I could just put out a hypnosis sessions and then just totally change you. But the, the thing I realized is we don't live in a vacuum. You live in an environment where you're constantly being hypnotized. You understand that commercials are all hypnosis. Do you know that? Every, every time you're watching TV, especially you're constantly, all those ads are hypnosis sessions. D do you know that? <laughs> if you don't know that it, it's, probably helpful that you do. Um, hypnosis absolutely works. But if you hear, let's say a week goes by and in that week you get, you know, 20,000 food hypnosis sessions you're exposed to and one or two 
you know, weight mastery hypnosis sessions, which one do you think is going to win, you know? And so, yeah, you got to ultimately learn how to run your own mind. Um, Firefruit says, yeah, yes, exactly the thing I, I think about the second piece of candy when I just started eating the first. Interesting, the environment is important. Yeah, exactly. The environment's important, in, but mostly it's because of your mood. Again, if you want to know, folks, what's the main thing influencing your, your eating? Because again, right, the, the weight formula, we always know our weight is a reflection of the calories we're consuming and the life we're living. I think we all know that, which is why we're always looking for diets and workouts, and then we try and follow them with our willpower. And that's about as deep as most people go with their weight. I'm more obsessed with what leads to the eating and the living that we're doing. And what I feel like the, the first thing that affects that most is how we feel. And you know this, right? Because there's sometimes, again, you got your same brain, same brain in your head. Sometimes you make the healthy choice. Sometimes you make the unhealthy choice. So what the fuck? You know which is which, is which right? It's not a mystery. So it, it's like you know which food is, is going to bring you towards your weight loss goals and which one's not. But sometimes you eat one and sometimes you don't. So what's dictating that? It's not a trick question, but it's it's inspiring or it's it's insightful to see that you probably don't have the answer to this. What do you think is the main thing dictating the food choices you make? What do you think? You may know this. You better know this. If you've been trying to lose weight for more than 10 years, you better know this. And if you don't know this, it's a double-edged sword. I guess at one end, it's like, ay. But on the other end, it's like, oh, great. I didn't know that. Now I know it. I'm better off. Right? That's what we do in programming yourself. I'm always learning new things. But what do you think? What do you think is the difference? I'm not going to answer this one. Write some stuff in. What do you guys think is the main thing? Yeah. Yeah. All right, you guys got it right away. So, you know. Mood. Right? And stress is a mood. Right? Insecurity is a mood. Yeah. Your mood. Your mood's the main thing that's, right? Same knowledge. You know that the ice cream's, I want to lose weight. Don't eat ice cream. Right? That, that never changes. That thought's still in your head. But then sometimes you eat the ice cream, sometimes you don't eat the ice cream. What's making that thing? It's your mood. Right? You're either focused, calm, relaxed, centered, focused on your goal, feeling good. Nah, I don't want that. Right? Or you just got to fight with your boss. You know, you're late to work. You're stressed out. Ah, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. And then eat it. Okay. So mood is the, is the main thing that's impacting your eating choices, which impacts your weight. But, but what impacts your mood the most? And that's where things get really interesting because that's the, that's the whole formula, right? That your weight is a reflection of your eating and your lifestyle habitually over time. But who gives a shit? So that's why you, you know this, but that's why you're trying to follow diets and workouts to force yourself to act different. And it doesn't last long because why? Because you never learn how to deal with your moods. And your moods are running the whole show, right? Because again, you can know what to eat. Sometimes you do it, sometimes you don't. So it's not a knowledge issue. It's a mood issue. When you're in a good mood, great. When you're in a shitty mood, you don't give a shit. Okay? So what is impacting the mood? Your mindset. Your mindset. How you're thinking about things, how you're, you know, interpreting things. Uh, th this is what's dictating the feeling. So this is the main formula that we use in Program Yourself Thin to help you master your weight. But we go two levels deeper than what anyone else is doing. No one really talks about this. So once you get a handle on your moods, once you feel more calm in your life, you feel more relaxed. Let's just say, imagine right now in your life, and, and I want you to throw in some numbers. We'll just ballpark it. But what if all of a sudden, magically, you were 50% more relaxed and calm? What if you were 50% more motivated? What if you were 50% more clear about your goals and what you wanted to accomplish? 
What if you were 50% more peaceful and calm and confident that you could do this? How much weight would you lose over the next year? If nothing else changed except all of those feelings, right? It gave you a pill and said, instead of it cutting the food noise down, it made you feel more calm, relaxed, and peaceful. It made you feel more confident. It made you feel more clear-headed. It made you feel more motivated, right? Where's your weight go over a year? Well, it improves tremendously. But here's the problem. You don't know how to influence your, your feelings, do you? So this is a huge part of the program. And it goes deeper because it goes to the mindset piece. You know, So once you have a handle on your mindset and you can influence your feelings, that alone is going to change your weight dramatically. It's going to change your, your eating. You already know a bunch of shit. So with Program Yourself Thin, we work on the, the mindset piece that leads to the emotions piece. And we also work on the strategies so that you have strategies that are custom built for you and you got the mindset and the emotions that support following those strategies so that you can live your goal way for the rest of your life on your autopilot. It's like, this is what I mean. I'm not a genius, but this is like, it sounds like a genius idea because what's everyone telling you? Oh, here's your, here's your meal plan. Just eat this. Well, guess what? You're going to have the same fucking problem with this meal plan that you had with the last 500 is that you can't get yourself to do it because you have no way, you have no idea how to influence your moods. You have no idea how to influence your thinking. And you're trying to follow strategies that aren't built for you. Keto? Keto? Is that the strategy you're following? For real? That's what you're going to do to master your weight? You want to be in ketosis for the next 40 years? That's how you want to live? Is it? <laughs> I'm just asking. I don't give a shit what you do, but do you really want to live in ketosis for the next 40 years? Is that the goal? Is it? <laughs> I don't think it is. And that's why I think you're not doing it because you don't want to do it, which I think is wonderful. What a wonderful reframe. I would love for you to come away from this conversation saying, you know what? I actually don't, I didn't want to lose weight because I don't want to do a fucking, I don't want to be ketosis. At least you could take your power back. I think the worst thing that dieters do to themselves is they say, I can't lose weight no matter what I do. Well, is it that you can't lose it or you don't want to be in ketosis for 40 years? And I think there's a big difference there because if you think you can't do it, no matter what you do, I can't lose weight, that makes you feel powerless. And when you realize, no, I don't want to, I don't want to live in ketosis. I don't want to fucking eat 1,200 calories a day. It's a miserable quality of life. I don't want to do that. Now you're, now you open the door to actually solving this. So anyways, Ever since you informed us that the ads are hypnosis sessions, I've been paying for ad free. Oh, that's great, Azra. I hope all of you do that. I would say the best money you could invest short of getting working with me is get ad free stuff. You, you got to understand you, you're not up to it. I hate to tell you. Oh, I, don't, I just try. I don't pay attention to the ads. They don't affect me. If you're at your goal weight, then fine. But if you're overweight and you're watching ads, you're watching network TV, watching fucking, if you watch an hour of TV now, you're seeing 24 minutes of ads. And that's just the, that's just the, <laughs> so in hypnosis, we have like, like uh, technical hypnosis. Like you come see me, I'm a hypnotist. And I say, okay, now I'm gonna put you in a trance. You close your eyes and da, 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 right? So it's like traditional hypnosis. But that hypnosis pales in comparison to conversational hypnosis, which is hypnosis that you don't even realize is happening to you. That's what, so there's commercials, that's traditional commercials, you know it's a commercial, okay? The most effective commercials are the ones when they put the product placements inside there and you don't even notice it. So anyways, but yeah, if you're watching ad, if you're watching ad TV, it's definitely gonna make it a lot harder for you. 
because you're being triggered and conditioned to think about the foods you're trying to avoid constantly. So it's just extra hard. So Azra, I'm proud of you for doing that. I know it's a little extra investment, but very, very, very smart one. And you say I completely um, limited my urge to eat McDonald's. Eliminated, yeah. That's great. Not even surprised. Um, yeah. Yeah, so Fire Fruiter says stress and insecurity. So back to Fire Fruit, you asked the question, why sometimes I eat and I can't stop? Okay, this is why. Because you get into a, a heightened state of stress and insecurity, and then you get around comfort food. And so your subconscious mind says, hey, if we eat the shit out of that food, we'll feel less stressed and less insecurity. So again, folks, your subconscious mind's looking out for you. I know you consciously want to lose weight, but your subconscious mind wants you to feel happy. And so if... What most people are doing is you've been conditioned to use food as your main emotional management strategy. So fire fruit asks, well, why do I keep overeating foods? You know, and so it's like now we get to a little bit more detail and it's like, well, what triggers that? Oh, I'm stressed. I feel stressed and insecure. Okay. And so you got a big problem here because in the moment you're feeling stressed and insecure and your subconscious mind says, hey, let's get rid of this shit. Let's eat some food and you'll feel better. And so until you figure out a way to feel, to deal with your stress and insecurity without food, you're never going to be able to f handle this because your subconscious mind just wants to make you feel better. And if eating the comfort food and overeating the comfort food makes you feel, it doesn't make you feel better, by the way. It does, but it's because of distraction, right? So you're feeling stressed and insecure. And so you start eating and now all of a sudden there's less focus on the stress and insecurity. Okay. But it doesn't really resolve the stress and insecurity. It just distracts you from it for a little while. So... That's a whole other thing. Yeah, so I get it. Yeah, so I get the comfort food and it never fails me. Exactly. So you know it works every time, you see. Um, but what are the best things to change mood? Well, that's a good question. Um, when I'm calm and happy, then it's very easy to lose weight, but be confident and enjoy the process. Yeah, but I mean, focus on your moods, folks, okay? So let's just stick with this, right? So let's just say mood is the number one thing that's impacting your reading, which how the fuck could you not believe that? It's like so obvious we just miss it, right? But it's definitely the main thing influencing what you eat and how you eat is your mood. So maybe we should focus on your mood, okay? So let's talk about how that shows up. How do you focus on your mood when you want to start losing weight? What do you do? You get rid of all the carbs in your life and you go into ketosis. You cut your calories down to 1,200 calories. You start tracking every single thing that you put into your mouth. You start not eating for 16 hours. And uh, how's that make you feel mood-wise? How do you feel the first week of a diet, folks? Do you feel calm and relaxed and peaceful? How do you feel? <laughs> right? You feel stressed. You feel freaking out. You, now you're giving up the way you deal with your emotions. And on top of that, you're trying to change everything in your life. So you're freaking out. You feel overwhelmed. You're stressed. And now what? If we just said that food, that, that your emotions are the main thing driving you to eat the food you eat, and every time you try and lose weight, you start by making yourself feel stressed and frustrated and bored and tired, what do you think? How do you think your results are going to be? Well, so, well, how else would you start, Jim? Well, I don't know. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about something that you've probably never even imagined, which is, again, I'm not picking on you, but I'm just trying to show you the vast limitations of a diet or mindset. You're, you're trapped. You're in a mental prison that you don't realize is there. Good news is they, they didn't lock the doors. You can just walk out of it. So what's the alternative to the diet thing that stresses you out? That's why you don't want to diet, folks. Do you ever wonder that? You couldn't want to lose weight more. 
And at the same time, you couldn't get yourself to start a diet if your life depends on it. <laughs> so what the fuck? It's because you hate dieting. Okay? So you don't want to do it. It's not rocket science. You don't want to do it. So what's the alternative? Well, program yourself then. You know, you start the first day. You wake up and you look at your phone and you press the little message I send you and you listen to your five-minute hypnosis session. Oh, uh, what's that do, Jim? Well, it does a couple things. First thing does, it calms you down. Didn't we just say that emotions are the main thing driving your eating? What if you felt 50% more calm and relaxed? What if you started to feel a sense of peace, clarity, confidence? So the first thing the hip does is it calms you down. Imagine starting your day relaxed and calm, centered, focused. And then on top of that, you're getting lots of positive suggestions. Where are you hearing positive, healthy suggestions for you to live at your goal weight? Thanks for the rose. Where are you hearing them? Where are you hearing positive suggestions for you to... Where are you hearing about mastering your weight? Where have you ever heard about living at your goal weight for the rest of your life on near autopilot? Phrases you've never heard in your life. What? You know? So we start off relaxed and calm. Because, again, what's driving your eating behaviors the most. It's the moods that you're in. And I'm going to guess, if you're like everyone else in the world right now in 2024, that you're already stressed, overwhelmed, tired, exhausted. Are you not? Are, are you the fucking... <laughs> are you the person, the only person in 2024 who's got abundance of time and energy and... Right? Is that you? Nice to meet you. <laughs> right? Everyone's stressed out. Everyone's like at the end of their rope. Don't you think that might have something to do with your weight? Do you think that has any impact? So... Yeah, the hypnosis is one piece of it. But again, it's not just the hypnosis. It's not just the mindset. It's also the strategies. You know, so in Program Yourself, then we go through the lifestyle. So again, the, the weight mastery pyramid is mindset, lifestyle, eating. It's a holistic, comprehensive strategy. It's not rocket science, you know? The mindset piece feels like rocket science because no one's come up with that. I come up with it myself because I'm obsessed. But the lifestyle piece is obvious shit, right? What, what are the lifestyle habits? In order of importance, sleeping, Hydration, relaxation, breathing, nourishment, movement, meditation, gratitude. They sound that sound easy and obvious. The 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 brilliance of it, I think, in my opinion, is that I put it in a way that is practical. Like I teach the master ritual, which is six of those habits, and you can do it a minute or two every day. So again, my main goal, what I've done is I have created all this stuff through working. I mean, it started with me personally 30 years ago, mastering my own self. And I was so amazed at what I was doing that I left. I got a degree. I got a business degree. I'm a finance and investments, right? So it's like I left that because I couldn't believe what had happened to me. It was so important. So then I began doing this for the last 20 years. And I'm working with real people. I've done over 6,000 private weight loss sessions. So I don't give a shit what sounds good. I care about what's practical. And I think that's another thing that separates me in the weight loss industry because up till now, the weight loss, your entire weight loss history, I know this, I don't know you, but I know 100% your entire weight loss journey this, this up until right now has been people telling you what to do, right? They give you a meal plan, give you a workout and say, all right, get out of here, go do it. And then it's up to you to get yourself to do it. But same problem comes up. What do you think the main thing impacting your workout routine is? The same thing that's impacting your food. It's your mood, right? If you're motivated and focused, which you are the first couple of days, you do the right shit. And then what happens? You get 
pissed off, tired, stressed, overwhelmed, exhausted, whatever. Fuck it, I'm not going to the gym. Fuck it, I don't give a shit if I eat this. Who cares? Who gives a shit? I'm not going to lose weight anyway. Who cares? Right? And so, until you get your emotions and your mindset down, I, I don't know. You tell me. You'd have to tell me how, how you would succeed. I, I don't know. Because everything I'm teaching you comes from people that have successfully lost weight and kept it off for at least two years. That's my litmus. That, that, that's, that's the criteria that I use to learn from someone. I don't give a shit if you lost 20 pounds last month. Don't care. Don't care. Give me a call in a couple years. Let me know if you're able to keep it up. I don't give a shit. I don't care if you lose 20 pounds next week. Because I know if you lose 20 pounds next week, you're going to put 20 pounds on uh, a couple weeks after it. So I only care about long-term, long-term. Yeah, says, I'm calm and happy, then it's very easy to lose weight, be confident, and enjoy the process. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, keto is extremely hard, and frankly speaking, it's unrealistic. Agreed. We are not supposed to be on a keto naturally and biologically. Absolutely, right? If a lifestyle is not sustainable, it's probably not worth chasing for. Okay, fire fruit. Make sure you, please you, as I could tell, uh, and, and I always know this anyways. One thing I always know about anyone who's here listening to me right now is that you're an overthinker. I know it and I know it. I'm an overthinker and everyone in my program is an overthinker um, and probably some level of a perfectionist. And you're you're trapped. You're trapped in the mental prison of why? Why can't I stick to a plan? What the fuck? I'm smart over here. I'm successful over here. Why do I keep screwing up over here? It doesn't make any sense. And you're obsessed with this question. And I'm telling you the reason why is you have never been exposed to a comprehensive strategy of how to master your weight. You've been chasing fast weight loss your entire time. And the difference between weight loss and weight mastery is night and day. The strategies are completely different. And ironically, it's easier to master your weight than it is to lose weight. Because when you lose weight, you try and do it all at once. You're trying to change everything all at once and it's overwhelming. And you can do it for a couple days, maybe a couple weeks, once or twice a couple months. And weight mastery is slow and strategic. It goes back to the saying that most people overestimate how much weight they can lose in a month and underestimate how much weight they can lose in a year. So when you reorient yourself, it becomes a lot easier. What's up, Joy? I always see you say hello. It's nice to be able to say hello back. How's it going? So yeah, so much of it's mindset, you know, but, but fire fruit for you. I can already tell the way you're, you're thinking. Watching the training, especially for you, is really important. It's about a half hour. And you watch that video and you'll have a much clearer idea of how to approach this. It's a paradigm shift. And, and I think you, you'll get a lot out of it. Because you're, you're clearly, the way you're thinking about things is, is very smart. Um, let's see. Um, I'm going to get these questions. I'm going to go through them a little quicker here. Oh, I do. I got it. Okay, here it is. Um, yeah. Um, Maria, me. Do you have anything to say about binge eating? Um, yeah, the thing I say about binge eating is that binge eating is usually... Okay, so I don't want you to stop binge eating. I want you to become more aware of your binge eating, okay? Which is to say, if you're struggling with binge eating, I don't want you to stop yourself from doing it the next couple times. I want you to start to pay attention to what the triggers are for the binge eating. The two biggest cause of binge eating, the two biggest binge eating triggers are, number one, over-restricting. You're you're over-restricting the calories so extreme that once you get around food, you can't control your eating. Number two, and these can both work together, is emotional. There's some big emotion that you don't know how to deal with, don't want to deal with, and so you're using the binge shame cycle, the overeating, to distract yourself from it. 
And so it's usually, you get, there's always a reason why you're doing it. We want to figure out what that is. But again, it's usually one of these two to begin with. And again, there may be other ones, but those are the two big ones. So um, what I say about binge eating is seek to understand it. Where were you at hunger wise five minutes before you started binge eating? Where were you at emotionally? Those are the two big things I want to know. And then we kind of take it from there. Um, Fire Fruit says, the pain of not being able to achieve it will be greater than the feeling of success. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. It's, yeah. Um, Astro says, you're difficult to find live on YouTube. I know YouTube, it's like, it is hard to find on there. I don't know why it's like that. Um, it's just, it's weird. Each one of these social media, net, these networks all are like good and bad in different ways, you know? I would say TikTok's live is the best. I, I love TikTok's live, so it's great. Um, I love YouTube for a lot of things, but the live thing, they do make kind of hard, so that's true. Um, how do you get your hope back after years of trying to lose weight and never succeeding? I think the first thing I would suggest is that you change your goal, okay? And again, the goal is not to lose weight, it's to live at your goal weight. If you just focus on losing weight, losing weight is a phase. Do you understand that? Losing weight is going to take you a couple of weeks, months, or years, and then you get to your goal weight and you want to live there for the rest of your life. So you got to reframe this. You know, it's not just about, it's like saying, like money-wise, I just want to get out of debt. I just want to get out of debt. I just want to get out of debt. Well, yeah, you want to get out of debt right now because that's like what you're experiencing. But really what you want is you want to be wealthy, right? You don't just want to be out of debt and not make more money. You just get right back to the same problem again. It's a impoverished thinking. And so the other thing is about losing weight. If you just think about losing weight is it's a temporary thing, right? Because I'm going to diet until I lose the weight. And so as soon as you start thinking about dieting and losing weight as a temporary thing, then, then your mind starts going crazy. It says, okay, well, let's just get it over with. Well, how do you get it over with as fast as possible? You pick the most extreme plan. And so now you start thinking, I don't give a shit what I got to do. I just want to lose the weight. And you think you can do it because in your mind, you're thinking, I'm gonna, I'll do it for a couple of weeks, a couple of months, and then I'll, then, I'll, then I'll figure it out. But you don't figure it out. You never figure it out. Again, you got overweight mode and diet mode. And you diet yourself down to your goal weight. And now you can't keep dieting. And you can't go back to overweight. Have you all not experienced this state of being, right? So what the secret is, and you've never focused on this, is you need to focus on becoming a thin and healthy person. I want to be a thin and healthy version of me. I want to be the best version of me possible. And so again, you got to shift, shift the goal. If your goal, if you are still going to just focus on losing weight, um, you should probably just turn me off. I, I'm, I don't give a shit about losing weight. I care about mastering your weight. I want you to live at your goal weight for the rest of your life on near autopilot. I want you to lose the weight one time and then live at your goal weight for the rest of your life. So that's how you get your hope back. It's a completely different goal. And I think one of the beauties of that is that it's got a longer time frame attached to it. Okay. Because I always say this, that I think you should think of your weight loss commitment as like going to college. You know, when you go to college, you make this big ass commitment to it. And, um, what is this shit? My camera just went off. Well, y'all might be able to hear me, but uh, I don't know what it would take. I don't know why I did that. Was it maybe on it too long? Oh, there I am. <laughs> anyways, I know on TikTok I'm still here, but the other my camera just shut down for a second. So, anyways, yeah, make the goal more about. Oh, I was talking about college, but again, college is like that. Where if you just if you didn't make the commitment to college, like I'm gonna go and I'm gonna get my degree. If you didn't make that big commitment with a long time frame, how many people would, would get, graduate college, right? Because if you just go, go, I'll do it as long as I, I kind of get things and it's okay. Because you're gonna you're gonna fail a paper, do bad on a quiz. You know what I mean? Like you're gonna hit challenges and difficulties. But because you have that big goal, 
you're able to weather them and absorb them. And most people with the weight loss, you're, you're looking at your weight loss like it's a sprint. And again, with a sprint, you can only win a sprint if you're perfect. If you trip a little bit on a sprint, you're not you're going to lose. If you trip a little bit on a marathon, you have time to make it up. And so that's the first step I'd suggest to you is to stop aiming at weight loss as your goal and start focusing on weight mastery as the goal. Fire fruit, what is the driver for the change? I mean, I feel I have got a, a bit too comfortable in life. Even though I want to lose weight, I don't seem to want it badly enough. Is there any reason you think? Yeah, I think you're right on the money. I think I think if you're not losing weight, it's because and I think this is almost everyone who's overweight that wants to lose weight. They don't really want to lose weight. You wish you'd lose weight, right? You wish you'd just all of a sudden start eating better and losing weight, but you don't really want to lose weight. You want to keep eating and living the way you're living. And so, again, you may not like the weight, but you can't disagree that you're comfortable with it. You're familiar with it. Okay, so I think you're right on the money that you're you're comfortable with living as this version of yourself because you you know your, your relationships are fine being this version of you your, your life is okay enough that's why you're doing it it's checking off the subconscious boxes you weigh exactly what you want to weigh subconsciously let me put it that way and i mean exactly don't you find it odd folks like your weight doesn't just keep going up and 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 up right? Now, I'm not talking about like five, adding five pounds a year or something like that, but I'm talking about like it, the, the way you think about weight, you think it just keeps on going up, but it doesn't. You've kind of plateaued it. Uh, you're overweight, but you plateaued at that overweight pretty much, you know? So you weigh exactly what you want to weigh. It's, it's marking all your, like you can't imagine yourself being a hundred pounds heavier. You wouldn't let that happen. You see what I mean? Like, again, it, it's all subconscious. And so, yeah, subconsciously you all weigh what you want to weigh. And if you were really motivated genuinely, this is why I always say to people, so in the mindset section of Program Yourself Thin, which is what we start with, um, we, uh, uh, when we start with the mindset section, the very first section is motivation because most people don't know how to motivate themselves. You're not truly motivated. And if you were, the whole process becomes a lot easier. So I, you're, you're, you're asking all the right questions, Firefruit, for sure. Um, yeah, that camera's shot. So, sorry, YouTube. I'm going to wrap it up anyways. Um, yeah, you guys can hear me. But like I said, the other the other camera, it overheats. It's unbelievable. I don't know how much money <laughs> it takes to have computers and technology that doesn't screw up. Uh, John says, I'm not trying to lose weight. I'm trying to eat good food and the rest will take care of itself. Yeah, John, exactly, right? So, John's in the program, so he knows. Again, we get obsessed with the process. If you get obsessed with the process, um, it changes everything. Dieters are obsessed with the outcome. And um, that creates all kinds of problems that I'm not going to explain any deeper than right now because I'm going to get out of here. I got to go. Jesus Christ, I've been out here for almost uh, almost two hours. So, all right, everyone, um, a couple things, right? If, if you're following me on TikTok right now or you're watching me on TikTok, you don't follow me, follow me, right? My, my stuff will pop up and, and you'll get to see it. Um, if you're not in my world on my email list, go to my bio, click the link, get the hypnosis session, watch the training I give you um, and read the emails. And then um, if you like listen to the podcast, there's one every weekday. Okay, it's on all the podcast platforms. And uh, again, listen, that's going to be really helpful to you. So, all right, everyone. Thank you so much. Have a great day and we'll talk soon. Bye.